Welcome to Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. One key aspect for anyone's life is kind of our physical fitness. Our ability to take on whatever challenge we're looking for is limited by how much we can handle in our bodies. And being in good physical shape does help us maintain and increase our energy level. With that being said, I'd like to introduce Joe Compsty along with Vince and Rob, who have started their own LLC around keeping people in good physical health called Habit of Health. How are you all doing tonight? Good, good. Well, thanks. First, tell me the inspiration behind Habit of Health. What made you decide to take on this venture? During COVID times and everything, it's we just kind of hung out with people in the neighborhood. Rob is our neighbor, and we're all kind of fitness junkies. And it was the closing of the gyms. I mean, I went to CrossFit, and I had a running coach. Rob coaches at Core Power Yoga, and we talk fitness. We just love working out. I had a nice home gym built, which has expanded into what Habit of Health is today. And we kind of just talked about it. It's why do I CrossFit? Why does Vince Power lift? Why does Rob do yoga? And is one better than the other? I think, and we believe that the answer is that one isn't better than the other. That all fitness and being cardiovascularly or being healthy in general is really about is getting out there and moving. And that's a problem with a lot of the fitness industry today, that if you go to core power yoga, you get core power yoga. Mm -hmm. If you go to CrossFit, you get CrossFit, right? You go to Orange Therapy, you get Orange Therapy. But CrossFit isn't for everybody. Core power yoga isn't for everybody. And the idea of habit of health kind of revolves around that idea that instead of telling you how and what you should be doing, it's here's everything. So we do a little strength, we do a little hit, we do a little yoga, we do a little running, and we're slowly adding to like our arsenal tools that we can teach people how to do. We'll never tell anybody that you have to show up to yoga or you have to show up to hit or you have to be doing strength stuff. No, it's about moving. Being healthy is all about getting out there and doing something. And that's one of the challenges of our current times. A lot of us have jobs and lifestyles that are quite sedentary. I think we see it all around when the human body was meant to move. And I think a lot of people feel, I know personally I've had periods where for one reason or another, say a recent cold snap with temperatures below zero, where I didn't move for several days. And all of a sudden I realized I feel really crappy right now. I just don't feel well because the human body wasn't meant to just sit in front of a computer or in front of some kind of a screen for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day. It was meant to move. Can you tell us a little bit about this conversation that led to the revelation about what Habit of Health became. How did that conversation go as you were kind of in, in your home gym, just talking amongst yourselves? Yeah, it was kind of, and I don't even know where we were at actually, but you know, for me, I lived up the street and I would always see Joe and Vince working out mm -hmm. and I'm very active myself. And I was always kind of peeking around in the gym. I would, I'd show up like shirtless trying to show up, like I'm in good shape. And I'd be like, Yo. But we started talking and, and we realized like what Joe was saying was that we each had our own routines that we were doing. And when COVID disrupted that, it forced us to get outside of our comfort zone. And that was what basically inspired us was the fact that we overcame that. And I had gotten into the best shape of my life after COVID. And I was a gym junkie. I was at 24 mm -hmm. This all the time. And it was a shock to me to lose that. 
And I don't know exactly how it happened. I started kind of squatting with them and we brought our desire that we wanted to share this with other people because we felt like, and Joe says this all the time, the industry's broken. They're trying mm-hmm. to take your money. Because 24 Hour Fitness wants you to go to 24 Hour Fitness and doesn't want you to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like what Joe was saying about CrossFit, you know, Orange Theory, Core Power Yoga, any of them. They want your money and they want you to go there. And when we decided and we realized that we stepped outside of our comfort zone and realized that we didn't need those entities anymore. We didn't mm-hmm. go to a gym anymore. And we wanted to share this with other people. And I had actually been in a, a few challenges that were like neighborhood challenges before this, you know, like five, six years before. And, you know, and it was kind of something I brought up and I just said, hey, you know, I think that there's a way that we can start this journey and it'll be outside of the box. It's going to be something different. And it was this challenge. And we decided, we said, you know, instead of trying to get like a weekly membership or a monthly membership, what we can do right now is get our friends and family involved and just try to make an impact on their lives and just say, we're going to give you an eight week challenge. We're going to give you some tools. And at the end of that, we're going to be able to have some people give us honest feedback. They're going to be able to give us reviews. They'll be able to spread the word. And then it evolved into our second challenge, which is now has reached outside of that. And now we're getting to the point where we believe that we've got something to where as soon as restrictions are lifted, we'll be able to get into like a brick and mortar now. But it was really just doing that was us realizing that we love what we do and we want to teach other people about it too. That like, you don't need to go to the gym. You can Mm -hmm. do this outside your gym. You can create these habits inside of your own environment pretty easily. Yeah. And I'll say too, I think a huge part of what really made it click was, you know, before I only power lifted, so additional deadlift, bench, squat. But I was very focused on that. And then Joe kind of introducing Olympic lifting and CrossFit. And more so with that is the technique that goes into those. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I had figured out lifting. I, I just thought I had hit my maxes on everything, you know. And once he started introducing that technique, I realized, wow, you know, those principles of powerlifting and CrossFit, when I apply them to powerlifting, I just improve. I'm way better. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that, you know, within these three, the yoga, the powerlifting, the CrossFit Olympic lifting, a lot of technique, but also functionality that crosses over so that if you learn Olympic lifting, even if that's not your forte or you start doing yoga, it'll greatly improve how well you perform in your other ones. So for instance, if you're just into yoga every day, and then you start Olympic lifting or powerlifting, that strength and mobility will end up really helping you improve yoga. So it was just all more reason to kind of blend all of them and improve that functionality throughout all three topics. Yeah, I actually have my own challenge with relation to that whole idea of cross-training. My big activity is bicycling. I'm actually going to be training for Ride the Rockies, the ride in June. But one of the things is that there are certain muscle groups that bicycling doesn't do anything for, and that's namely your core. And I've actually gotten a lot better ever since I started incorporating a little bit of core workout, a little bit of planking. One of the things I actually do this year is I'm trying to reduce my screen time. So for every 20 minutes over an hour that my screen time shows on the phone, I make myself do either five burpees or a one minute plank. And so at the end of the day, I look, and that's part of why I was doing burpees before this to kind of punish myself for the screen time. 
One of the things I want to ask you about this balance between making money and serving a purpose, because it sounds like what you're saying about the industry right now in fitness is that it's all for just making money. How many people are they bringing in? How many people with the membership? And it sounds like what you want your fitness challenge to be and what the fitness world to be in general is motivated by what it seems like is your motivation, which is just helping more people achieve their fitness goals and helping more people become active and embrace the cross training that you're talking about. Embrace the whole idea that you can't just do one thing. If you start doing a little bit of everything, you're going to get better. How would you say you're going about this whole, you're trying to make some money? Because a lot of people have this idea that these things are, you know, making money and serving your overall purpose are mutually exclusive. First and foremost, it's, I think with everything, if you have a good intent, right? If your intent is to do something good, and for us, it's making everybody healthier by teaching them how to be healthier, right? That people will see that it is a good idea, right? And it, but right now, it's we all have jobs also. It's we all have jobs that pay us. So it's like, yeah, I'm still a 40 plus hour a week software developer and I don't plan on stopping doing that anytime soon because I see this and I've always seen this as a way to get people healthier. My friends and family specifically first, and if it can grow outwards from there, then right before we went on the podcast, it was uh, Rob and Vince and I were talking about how like we've been adding these kind of themes to every week. And my theme this week, our theme had been comfortable with uncomfortable, right? It's mm. it's doing stuff that it's like we were doing wall walks, I think Monday. So where you walk up the wall and like you're upside down for a little bit. And that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's we probably we did it all the time as little kids. And I pushed them really hard on Tuesday to get to that place where it kind of sucks. A long bike ride at a certain point, it's not going to be any fun. But then how those themes, like comfortable with being uncomfortable, can translate to outside of the gym as well. It's doing things, talking to somebody in a bar that right you, you probably wouldn't talk to because it's, you're comfortable doing that. Asking for a promotion at work when you think you deserve it, but you're uncomfortable talking to your boss. It's like how these little things that we teach you at the gym and these theories go well beyond just the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, And it's my desire to help and teach people just in general. And fitness is just a good like foray into helping and teaching people be better in general, not just like in the gym, but habit of health. There's nothing in that necessarily says physically healthy, right? Like it's not mm -hmm. habit of physical health, it's habit of health in general, right? Which includes nutrition and like mental and physical health, being more confident, being able to step out into another realm of something that you're uncomfortable with. If our goal is that teaching element of making people better, then I think eventually you can make money doing that. But it's not, and it shouldn't be, I think, with any successful company, your number one goal. If your number one goal is to make money, then I think you can quickly get away from what your actual goals are. Yeah, we're trying to build a brand and that's our number one focus. So we're not trying to make money, we're trying to build a brand that will eventually bring us the means to support our lives. And we're fortunate, like Joe was saying, we're all fortunate right now that we have means of income. So this mm -hmm. isn't something like that we're putting all our eggs in a basket and are hoping you know, that we get this instant gratification out. We're just trying to build this brand, the Habit of Health logo, the brand, the lifestyle, 
and knowing that in time, as long as you're just slowly growing, you know, over the years, we're going to be able to sustain ourselves. And that's why right now what we're doing is like, we're not trying to take income right now. Every a hundred percent of our money that we've made from all these challenges have gone into getting new equipment, the assault bikes. I mean, it's all new stuff. That's what our whole goal is, is it's building the brand, building the logo. Yeah. And I'll say, so just it, it formed very organically. It didn't form because we were like, hey guys, I think we can make a lot of money by doing this. It formed because we were three guys who just really enjoyed the activities, but also just enjoyed the community of it. I mean, us three became really good friends just doing this. And that's kind of that same idea grow organically. So we're not trying to get, you know, all right, we'll get 20 people, charge them X amount, make all this money. It's no, we'll form this community. We'll spread these ideas. And, you know, from even the first challenge to the second one, we saw that people really enjoyed that. We weren't forcing things down their throat, kind of trying to get them in this, you know, scheme to make money off of them. We were just building this community and building this brand. And in doing so, the next challenge, people went out and they had their friends come in. People, you know, told people they knew about it and advocated. I don't want to say sold it for us, but them advocating was more than we ever needed to. And then we had more people and we were able to reinvest that money into the gym And that's kind of the idea we're trying to grow is, yes, as we build this brand and community of people, eventually more and more will join and the money. But right now, that's not even on our minds. Right now, it's just building this community of people and this brand. Yes. And I'd like to point out a few really good mindset points that came out of this discussion. First of all, the fact that it came about organically, you weren't forcing an idea. It wasn't four people in a garage saying, okay, we need an idea to make money now. It's just what you like doing together and deciding to share it with a lot of people. That's fantastic. Also, it's kind of a different way of approaching a lot of things too, because Joe, with you saying how I have a job, I'm happy with that job. I don't want to quit it. I just want to pursue my passion. That pursuing a passion isn't just for someone looking for an out from their job. It isn't just for the people who are down and out. If you have a passion, you don't need to wait for that right time. You could have a job. You can be really busy at that job and still make time for the things that you really, really care about. I'll just bring up this too. And this is going back to the original conversations and how it organically grew. You know, what's funny is when we first started this, you know, we've all grown. I've grown individually more since we started our first challenge in October than I have individually in probably the last three or four years. And We've also grown as a group. The challenge has grown, but the three of us together have grown. And what's funny is that, you know, at the very beginning of this, we each had kind of different mindsets, you know, and I'll just be honest, at the very beginning, I believed in my heart. I said, in order for this thing to grow, we're going to need to sell before and after pictures. So we need to have people take pictures before, pictures after. And Joe pretty much put his foot down right off the bat. (laughs) And it was... You know, there was contention, but I kind of disagreed. And I went home and I thought I slept on it. I got up in the morning and I was just like, you know, I said, I am so blessed to have someone on the same page as me with this because it's an integrity issue of we're not trying to sell something. 
because I've been in challenges before. And if you look online, this is another thing about the industry being broken. Everything is before and after pictures. Yeah, that's and what I was thinking when you were saying that. One, it's an absolute gimmick. And two, I won a fitness challenge and I did it by dehydrating. At the end, my after pictures, I dehydrated myself, flexed all crazy. <laughs> and then two, you know, basically what just said is he's like, why are we going to use other people's bodies to sell health that doesn't equate to health you look at some of these major bodybuilders they're not healthy you know they're dehydrated malnutrition and then another one was you know kind of right off the bat with the way that we were going to kind of track the progress and a lot of it was me kind of coming in and i completely disagreed with the fact that we needed to hold people accountable for doing their workouts and after that has happened, this is kind of where we we kind of took a back. Well, for me, I kind of took a back seat. And we said, Joe has such a high level of integrity and cares so much about the whys of what we are doing. And that is kind of how really everything kind of blossomed out of that was where, you know, we decided like you can't have three dudes butting heads the whole time. I mean, it was, it was kind of like we all agreed to follow Joe's vision and I'm so pumped about it because it's changed the way that I teach yoga for the other corporation that I work at. Yeah. It's changed everything about my being, you know, so it was a hundred percent organic. It's something I'm very proud. Like I'm so proud to be, I talk about it all the time. I'm just like so proud to be involved in this. <laughs> yeah. Just proud to work with Joe and Vince as well. I mean, obviously like it's, we all work together, but you know, it is, I mean, I think you'll agree too. Bro. Oh, 100%. It is yeah. Joe's integrity and his vision. You know? And I think the biggest thing there too is the fact, like I never asked why. Why am I doing something a certain way? Because that's how I was shown. You know, that was just yeah, for how sure. I lived. Like that's the why about it. And I think Rob can attest to that. Like he, a lot of the yoga poses, it was, well, that's that's all he was learning. That's but just he what the poses, yeah. Why are you actually doing this? And what Joe really brought was that mindset. And he'll say it's like the engineer mindset, but it's like, no, like this is why you're doing this. Like these cues that you're following. And when you pay attention to them, it's like, oh, well, that's because that's how your body works. It's like the physical properties of your body actually working together. And that's what we're focusing on pretty deep in like scientific concepts. But when you really think about, okay, this is why i squat this way this mm-hmm. is why you know i want to make sure my foot's in this position it's because otherwise my body's not going to work that way or i'm going to help hurt myself so his attitude really made us start asking that in not just fitness but everyday life where it's well why am i doing this what's the actual reasoning behind why i should do this and this is productive and right so for anyone listening that's in the process or thinking about pursuing their own passions would you say that it's critical to maintain that focus on why am I doing this? Because I think sometimes it's easy to get lost in the details or lost sometimes in what do I need to do to promote, what do I need to do to make money, but you need to revisit that that overall, like what was my original calling, my original reason for doing it? Yeah, 100%. That's been my methodology about everything, like these guys have been saying about life and everything, that it's why am I a software engineer? Why did I originally like this? Why, when I was a software engineer, did I go and lift every day? Why do I run every day? And if you can't answer that question, then maybe you're doing it for the wrong reason. But why, for a lot of people, if you go to a gym or if you go on a running trail, it's like, well, because somebody told me to do it like this a long time ago. Or but they don't really have a good reason why. And I think that's what stops people from achieving goals like and stuff like that. It's because it's when they stop and think about it, 
The why is because I signed up for this race because I saw other people signing up for this race and I thought it would be cool. Yeah, maybe that gets you by for that race. But if you go to another race after that, like that why doesn't really work anymore. That why needs to start being, it's like, well, because why am I doing this? Because I like it, because I'm passionate about this thing that I do every day. That's why it's so easy for me to do it for us, go out there and lift with our athletes at Habit Develop every day because I like doing it. It doesn't feel like a job. I put that we all put lots of hours into this every week. And like Rob and Vince are saying right now, we besides the satisfaction of helping our athletes get better. And I mean, today, as we just finished up a strength workout and it's to see some of our athletes essentially double their squat since week eight, from week one to week six of this challenge, to, or just squatting correctly, like doing it right and saying that they feel good, like coming to the gym five days in a row. Like that is the most rewarding feeling there is. And it's mm-hmm. like click when you see somebody really start enjoying something or that click when you see somebody start doing something right. And like, and they have that aha moment themselves. There's nothing more rewarding than that in the world. Just watching just somebody, it's like, oh, it's like you were talking about your foot position here and like breathing in with the motion. It's like, I just felt it. I just felt how that is supposed to feel, like what you guys are talking about. And then they realize it and then they get better and better and better from that point. And it just being passionate in myself and trying to teach it to somebody else like that had no knowledge of it and realizing what we're talking about. It's easily in the last like 20 weeks or so we've been running this. It's been what the most rewarding thing in the world. And I do a small running workshop on Sundays for the challenge also. And it's just people realizing that running can be fun. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. like our friend Steve, it's like, oh, always sucks. Like you run every day. It's like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's fun for me to do and it's enjoyable and I like being out there. And people don't understand that. But like once I've explained it to people and they're, they're running with me, it's like, yeah, this is enjoyable. I see why you enjoy it. You know, it's maybe they're not going to be like running marathons, but it's nice to see people enjoy the things that you're passionate about. I'll point this out too. Joe doesn't wear headphones or AirPods when he runs. Which is definitely an anomaly, by the way, for sure. No, everybody listening knows. (laughs) That is awesome. So one question I've been meaning to ask you is, we all know the fitness industry is actually an expanding industry, yet our obesity rate and our rate of cardiovascular disease and bad health outcomes continue to go up. What would you say is the reason why that's happening? This is what I'm super passionate about. I think everything, in the, and this is why I believe the industry is faulted right now. There's two reasons. One is they're trying to sell these mass-produced diets and plans to everyone. And we understand everybody's different. Each mm-hmm. individual is completely different. They process carbohydrates differently. They process calories differently. Your body types, your size, your height, your genders... Just being in Denver here, living on the east side as opposed to the west side, the humidity and the altitude alone changes. So to me, that is the number one biggest thing. And two, not to sound like super conspiracy theory, but Mm -hmm. it's all run by General Mills, Nabisco. They're trying to get you to buy their products. And I read on (laughs) recently one in eight peer-reviewed studies are funded by General Mills, Nabisco. It's a product. They're not trying to sell you health. They're trying to get you to buy 
their packaged product and their packaged food. Because what we try to do is we're not trying to tell you how you should eat. We're not trying to tell you how many grams of protein you should eat every day. We view it as you're in your car and everybody drives a different car and you've got your dashboard right in front of you and everybody knows how to read as miles per hour because that's all the industry tells you to look at is how fast you're driving down the road. And we're just trying to show you, you know, you got a heater over here. You've got your battery life here. Cruise control works right here too. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different dials. And once you learn all the aspects of your car, now you're going to be able to drive it and get the most bang for your buck out of your car and extend the life of your car just by knowing what you do impacts your car, changing the oil, what kind of gas you put in it, how often you use your brakes as opposed to coming up to a stop sign, going slower as opposed to hitting your brakes. And that's all we try to do. And I think why obesity rates are so high is they're trying to sell you these gimmicky diets to get you to buy their products as opposed to teaching you if you would just know how to read your dials and know your macros and your calorie intake and your calorie output, you're going to be very successful. It's the whole give a man a, a fish and you'll feed yeah. him for a day. Teach a man to fish. And right, you feed him for life. We have a great story. And it's, it's a story I love telling everybody as our challenge begins, because all we make people do in our challenge in week one is track your water. And they're like, wait, I thought we were going to do a nutrition plan. And all you're asking me to do is track your water. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's because because like, the idea of it is that it's hard to track stuff and getting you in the habit of tracking, right? And then week two, we're like, we're track your sleep. Week three is track what you eat. And it's every day you just, and we use an app and you just literally write down everything you eat. So week three, last challenge, one of our athletes, he was hungry and he was going to go get dinner. So he went to a pizza place and he was going to eat a whole large pizza. And he realized that the pizza that he was going to eat would have been his whole day's worth of sodium. So he didn't get that pizza, right? And that is the essence of what we're doing. We didn't tell him to not eat that pizza. He realized it himself that was bad. And it's the difference between the South Beach diet telling you you have to eat like three things and only three things or whatever, and him learning that, oh, tracking my food is beneficial because now I can see that this thing I'm about to buy from the grocery store for the fast food place has two days worth of fat in it. So maybe I shouldn't eat that. And then we build upon that as well. But it's that teaching, right? It's that small ability to teach that athlete that's maybe I shouldn't do that, right? And it's him learning that is much more valuable than me saying, you shouldn't eat that pizza, right? And then it's almost a punishment then. And now it's just, it's like, oh, that just looks bad. So, yeah. Yeah, Stephen, I could just say one more thing. I think it really goes into what we were talking about, about teaching people. Uh, And so I'll give you two little antidotes. Uh, The first is a friend of mine was looking to get back in fitness, lose weight, and so he would send me Snapchats of him on the uh, treadmill all day. And this is a smart guy. He's a scientist. He's in pharmacy school. And I noticed he was wearing a trash bag, which if you ever wrestled or watched like the old, you know, boxing movies, that's how they would lose weight. And I said, why are you wearing a trash bag? I mean, you're losing weight, but don't you know that like you're just losing water weight. You're not burning any more fat, if anything, because 
you're dehydrating yourself. You're not performing as well as you would have, and you're actually losing less. And he was mind blown. That was just absolute news to him. If you just are being sold something and it's, oh, well, this is what everyone else is doing. This is what works. But you don't have that knowledge to ask why. Why am I doing this? Like, is there actually any reasoning? You'll do it wrong and you won't perform. And so we try to give people that knowledge. And another one, you know, going into how a lot of these gyms are structured, I had a friend who how it was structured was if you kept losing weight, you would get a lower rate. So she said, yeah. And, you know, the gym would advertise, oh, well, 90% of the people lose X amount of weight, so it works. What ended up happening is they didn't tell you any reasoning behind it, how you should be. So before, you know, she had her weigh-ins, she would dehydrate herself, starve herself, hit gold, but not in a healthy way. And they would say, congrats, next week you're this much lower is your goal. And what did she do? She did it unhealthy. Well, finally, she wasn't having any improvement in her day-to-day life. You know, she got burned out. She totally stopped. She stopped going to the gym. And now she weighs more than she had ever weighed before. And so it's these programs that aren't designed for the person, not teaching the person. It's just this cookie cutter. Yeah, here's what you'll do. And it doesn't work for people. So they stop. It sounds like the main points about this is, first of all, we're all individuals. We all have different things that we need. We need yes. an individualized program. Second yes. of all, having the right incentive structure. But finally, possibly most importantly, a lot of people out there will just, as you mentioned, I'm just going to go with what works. But the real thing is asking why. And one commonality to a lot of these stories is curiosity, because I think in order to be successful, With anything you do, you have to genuinely be curious about it the same way you all are curious about the fitness industry and how to make the best experience. For my listeners out there, how would they find out about the Habit of Health Challenge? How would they get a hold of you? There's a couple of ways. So uh, we're on Instagram at habit.health. So you can follow us on our Instagram page. And then we have a Facebook page also, the Habit of Health LLC. And then we have an email address, so habitofhealthllc at gmail.com. So either message us on Instagram, DM us, or on Facebook, then one of us will reach out to you or email at habitofhealthllc at gmail.com. And for everyone listening out there, the expectation from this experience is eight-week challenges, but also a level of customization as well as learning. Is that an accurate description? Yes. Yes, 100%. Finding the right program, as you had said, but more importantly, finding the right program for you which the right program for Steve is going to be different than the right program for Rob and the right program for Vince. We're going to give you the tools to be able to design that program, essentially. So so we do individual programs as well. We do personal training, monthly memberships as well. You reach out to us, we'll, we'll figure it out with you. Habit of Health is constantly evolving like your gym programming is constantly evolving. So the eight-week challenge is here to stay, but it might exist in a different form in a few weeks or a few months down the road. For everyone out listening there, first of all, I hope you all take care of your personal health. And more importantly, I hope you all find the right program for you in all areas of life, not just your physical fitness, your mental health, your career. You don't necessarily have to go by what the standard of the day is. There may be even some poor incentives behind what the standard of the day is, as we see in a lot of areas of life. Be curious, be open-minded, look at different options and find out what works for you. 
Once again, Joe, Vince, Rob, Habit of Health, thank you very much for joining us and have a wonderful day and weekend. <laughs>